Uh, we're celebrating all the ladies that are here today, and I want to talk to you on a, a, my subject today is after the tears, after the tears. And my text is in Psalms chapter 30 and verse 5. You may be able to quote this verse of scripture. It says, for his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Praise the Lord. Um, I, I heard a story. Obviously, this is a made-up story. It's not true, but I, I'll just share it with you because it has a little humor in it. Maybe you'll find it. Um, the story goes that the Lord came down and said to Adam one day, Adam, I noticed that you're lonely. And so I've decided that I'm going to create a companion for you. And Adam said to the Lord, Lord, what's a companion? And um, the Lord started describing what he was going to create for Adam. He said, I, I'm going to make you a counterpart. And uh, she's going to be gorgeous to look at. Uh, she's going to help meet all your needs. She's going to be a comfort to you, a blessing to you. When you come in from working in the garden in the day, she'll meet you at the door in all of her radiant beauty and give you a great big hug and a great big kiss. And you'll smell the aroma of the meal that she's been cooking for you, anticipating your arrival. And after you've eaten that gourmet meal, she'll take you by the hand and lead you to your favorite recliner and hand you the remote and then just let you rest in peace. And Adam said, and God, what will that cost me? And he said, an arm and a leg. And he said, Lord, what could I get for a rib? My wife don't particularly care for that. By the way, my wife's not here today. I'm having to share her. I'm having to share her with another church. Our niece is dedicating her baby today, and she wanted her Aunt Faye with her. So uh, I consented, and, uh, and uh, we're blessing them today. But this is one my wife does like. Man and woman, man and his wife were walking along the beach celebrating her 50th birthday. And they ran across a bottle. They stopped and picked it up, and out pops this genie. And the genie says, I'll give both of you a wish, whatever you want. The lady went first. She said, I love the beach. I wish I had a, a house at the beach. And shazam, there it was. A gorgeous house right there on the beach. Turned to the man and said, what would you like? And he said, he looked at his wife and he said, honey, I, I, I'm sorry. I said, I've got to be honest. I would, like to, I would like to have a wife 30 years younger than me. Shazam, he was 80 years old. They like that one better. Well, one more and I'll get to, I'll get to the message. The, the story goes that, that um, this, this man is visited by a celestial being who offers him uh, the wish of his desire, uh, whatever, whatever it might be. He was afraid to fly, but he'd always wanted to go to Hawaii. So he said to this angelic being, he said, could you build a road from California to Hawaii? And the angel said, well, I'll have to get back to you on that. And he came back in a little while. And he said, you know, they tell me that that's a pretty big request. 
Could you maybe have a, a second wish that you'd like to have? And he said, yeah, in fact, I do. He said, I've always wanted to understand uh, completely the working of the female brain. And so the angelic being left and came back in a few minutes and said, do you want that highway two lanes or four lanes? None of us understand completely the working of the female brain, and, and there's a reason for that. We'll understand it better by and by. But God made woman very special, very unique. And those unique differences in the woman and the man is what gives us the appreciation for the opposite sex. And um, one of the things that, that God did when he made woman, he created her with a lot more tears than he did men. They just cry more. Um, I can tell you from my own personal experience, my wife cried most of the first year we were married. <laughs> she cried when our babies had to go to the hospital. I mean, to the doctor for a regular appointment. Just if they had to stick them, she cried. She cried when they went off to kindergarten. They were only gone three hours, but she cried. She cried when they graduated from high school. She cried when they got married. She cried, uh, and she still cries when they run into difficulty of any kind. Women just tend to weep more than men. And that's not by chance. The first point of my message this morning is why do women weep so much? And I think I can help you with that. When God made woman, he created her in such a way that her thought process goes through the right side of the brain. That's where predominantly she processes all of her thoughts. Well, that's the emotional side of the brain. My wife always reminds me that women are the only ones in their right mind. Um, but they, they think, they think typically through that right side, which is the emotional side. In other words, emotions are tied with their thought process. Men, on the other hand, tend to think through the left side of their brain. So their thought processes go through the analytical side. Let, let, me, let me illustrate what that might be like. A young man comes home one evening and he says to his mom and dad, I've decided I'm going to join the army. Dad's response would be something like this. That's good, son. Wow. You know, they've got a real good educational program in the army. The army make a real man out of you, boy. In fact, he said, uh, it, it, go for it, son, and, and give it your best and come home an officer. Mom's response would be something like this. You're my baby. You'll be lonely. Who's going to take care of you? Oh, baby, you'll be everywhere in the world. They'll be shooting at you. You can't, you can't go. Who's going? I'll have to go with you. <laughs> we, we, we laugh at that, and yet there is... There is some truism underlying there, and it's not a bad thing. It, 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 in fact, it's a God thing. 
God purposed, our Heavenly Father purposed that women would feel deeper and would be in touch with their emotions at a, at a deeper level than what men are. But I have good news for you this morning, women. God did not make you so that you'd cry forever. In fact, I believe that God has a compensation for tears that is directly connected to the amount of tears that you shed in life. God actually bottles your tears. Did you know that? The scriptures tell us that God, he's, he takes account of every tear that you shed. So let's, let's look at some of the things perhaps that you weep about. Uh, so my second point this morning is what are you weeping over? What is it that you this morning may be weeping over or about? Um, it could be mistakes that you've made in your life. Again, I remind you that women tend to feel more deeply, and so the, the effect may be longer or, or, or of a greater magnitude in when they think about their mistakes. And listen, folks, we've all made mistakes. Isn't that true? If, if, if there's anybody here that hasn't made a mistake, if I, I, heard a, I heard a preacher about a preacher one morning, that, and he was preaching to his congregation. He said, it, he said is there anybody here? that has, has ever met uh, or heard about anybody that had never made a mistake. And one old gentleman in the back of the church raised his hand and stood up. And the pastor said, sir, you know somebody that's never made a mistake? He said, yeah, it's my wife's first husband. Uh, <laughs> but we've all made mistakes. I mean, it's just, it's life. If you live long enough, you're going to make some mistakes. Some mistakes are greater than others. Some of you are carrying guilt this morning over sins that you committed years ago. Mistakes that you made years ago. And, and some of those mistakes may have, have had some serious consequences. I'm not trying to minimize that. You may have, may have made mistakes in your early life that, that uh, you can't go back and change, but, but it's in your past and it still haunts you. I'm sure there are people here today that, that bear the, the, the guilt inside of, of an abortion early in life. Maybe you got married too young. Maybe you married the wrong person. Maybe you, maybe you married and your marriage didn't survive and you divorced. And, and as a result, other people have been hurt and you feel a guilt and a shame over that. Um, you probably have wept a lot of tears about the mistakes that you made. But I got good news for you this morning. Can I share it with you? Let me take you to Isaiah chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. See, God has come to save me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. The Lord God is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. With joy, you will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. Do you hear what the writer's saying here? God, God through his word is saying that if you've made some mistakes, and surely you have, if you've done things that you regret in your past, if, you, if you're haunted with guilt and with shame over the past, if you're still living with misery from things that are way back there, 
If you will just go to God, he will allow you to dip into the well of his salvation and bring out the pure living water that gives life. And and you can enjoy sins forgiven. God came to forgive us of our sins, amen? Not to condemn us, not to continually beat us up, not to hamper us all of our life, not to make us live with regret from the days of the past all the way to the end of our life. He came to bring salvation. We're all familiar with the golden text of the Bible, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But don't stop there. Read the next verse, verse 17. For God did not send his son to this world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus didn't come this morning to condemn you. Jesus didn't come this morning to beat you up. Jesus didn't come this morning to hold over your head the regrets of your past. He came to save you. He came to forgive you. He came to wash away your sins. Do you remember what Jesus said to that little woman in John chapter 8? They brought a woman to him that was caught in sin. I mean, they caught her sinning. And they brought him to Jesus, brought her to Jesus. And, and, and it was one of the biggies. I mean, it was, it was one of the ten that Moses received on Mount Sinai. And, and since then, laws had been instituted that said, if you get caught committing this sin, they stone you to death. This is a capital crime. And they threw that woman down in front of Jesus. And after Jesus dealt with these guys that had brought her to him and and all of the conversation between Jesus looked at her and said, by the way, everybody left and he got rid of the critics. (laughs) Jesus was quite a preacher. He preached until all his critics left. I'm not that good, but, uh, but, but Jesus was, I mean, he cleared the critics right out. There was nobody left. But, and, and he looks at this woman and he said, where are your accusers? And she said, Lord, I, don't, I guess I don't have any. And listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 11. Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Do you hear what Jesus is saying here? Folks, Jesus did not come to condemn condemn you. He came to convict you. He came to draw you to himself. But he did that so that he could wash your sins away. Who knows but what God has brought you here on this Mother's Day to New Hope so that you can come to the cross of Calvary and get rid of all your sins and allow Jesus to wash away the guilt and the shame and the regret and all of that stuff of your past. Amen? God wants you to get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. In fact, there's a term that the Bible uses that's called justification. What that simply means is that when you repent of your sins and bring them to the cross of Calvary, Jesus forgives you of your sins, and then he does something that no other religion on the face of this earth can do. No program on this earth can do this. No counselor on this earth can do this for you, but Jesus can. He can not only wash your sins away, but he can make you just like you had never sinned. 
Oh, my goodness. Somebody ought to praise the Lord for that. Amen. That's what, that's what God can do for you. Makes you just as though you had never sinned. Uh, something else that you may be weeping over could be circumstances beyond your control. Circumstances that you can't change. Perhaps you're dealing with a handicapped child. Perhaps your child is having difficulty in life right now. Perhaps your child is being influenced by the wrong crowd and it's breaking your heart and you shed tears over that because it hurts you so deeply. But perhaps some of you, in fact, I know some of you are dealing with aging parents and you're going through a struggle in life that is very unique, but it's also very difficult. I've been there. I know what that's like. When you have to change roles and you become the parent to your parent, that's tough because you want them to, you, you want them to be able to be free and, and self-sufficient and, and, and have everything that they want as long as they possibly can. And, and when we have to make that transition and begin to care, that, that's a tough place in life. And you'll shed some tears over that when you go through it more than likely. I remember when my dad got to the point that we needed to stop him from driving. And I, I, I so much didn't want to do that. And I remember my mother would call me and she'd tell me, she said, son, your dad's showing signs of dementia. And, I, and I'd go up and visit and, and he would be fine while I was there. And I, I never, I didn't see it. I didn't realize how bad it was until one day mom called me and said, your dad just had a wreck. And so I went up to check it out. And um, my dad was... <laughs> Going to, he was on the expressway there in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And uh, the guy in the lane next to him, I don't know whether he looked off, dropped something or whatever, but he happened to weave over into my dad's lane just a little bit. My dad had a big old four-wheel drive Jimmy. My dad cut into him, boy, I mean, totaled that guy's car. He said, I'll show him, try to run me off the road. <laughs> The man wasn't trying to run him off the road. He just happened to get in his lane. And, and folks, I, we go through stuff in life that's difficult. All of us, it's, it's life. It, it's the way it is. But, but I've got good news for you this morning. Remember my text from Psalms 30, verse 5. It says, weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming in the morning. That word endure in the Hebrew simply means that, 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 that its lodging is temporary. It endures for the, the heartaches of this life. They're not here to stay. They, they've only come to lodge for a while. Don't, don't embrace them and tell you that's the problem some people have when, when trouble comes, they just, they just embrace it. Or when I, I've seen people get a, go through grieving times and, and instead of going through the natural process and working through the process, they will embrace it and, and live the rest of their lives always grieving. Listen, that, that your heartache and your pain and your weeping is a temporary guest at your house. Don't make it the resident of your house. Remember, God's word will help you to move forward. Go ahead and give God praise. He's worthy. Say this with me. Joy's coming in the morning. Say it again. One more time. 
Joy is coming in the morning. Glory to God. It's not going to last forever. Weeping only lodges for the night. Daybreak will come. And daybreak will come in your situation. Daybreak will come in your circumstances. Daybreak will come at your house. Daybreak will come for your family. You mark it down. It's here in the Word of God. Amen. Now here's what I want to do, and I'll close. I want to give you three little pointers, just little keys that will help you to move from tears to joy. After the tears comes the joy. And I, I hope this will help you. First of all, joy is something that you can press into. You can press into it. Remember how John started his gospel? Look at the first four verses. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the same. He was in the beginning with God. Uh, through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in darkness. Look at this. And the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness cannot overcome the light. When I came in here early this morning and I flipped that switch back there, the darkness didn't scream out at me and said, no, no, we're not going to allow the light in. No. When you flip the switch, the darkness has to flee. And John said that Jesus is the light. And in him there is no darkness at all. And, and you can press into the light. In fact, <laughs> I, I, I didn't even think of it. It just, just came to mind, or I would have had this on the screen. There's a verse of Scripture found in Luke, I think it is, when, when uh, some of the Beatitudes were being talked about again by, uh, by Dr. Luke. And there's a Scripture that says, leap for joy. I used, to, I used to read that. It means when joy comes, leap for it. But I got to looking at that in the original and it says, leap for joy. <laughs> In other words, go for it. Go for it. Before it gets to you, just, just go ahead and leap for joy. You, you, the Lord wants you to have joy. Joy will always come after your weeping. So go ahead and press into it. I remember years ago when I was on the state youth board. Boy, that was a long time ago. We were in New York City doing some outreach ministry, and, and a bad storm came right before we were to fly out. I mean, it was awful. The, the clouds were ominous. I was, man, I was dreading this flight. We were at LaGuardia, LaGuardia Airport, and, and we were, I thought they were going to call the flight back. We'd already taxied out the runway, but it, it was awful. But we, we managed to get clearance to fly. And, and I remember taxiing down that runway, just dreading this trip and this horrendous storm. And we got to the end of the runway and it made its lift off and we were airborne and we kept flying into these horrible clouds for several minutes. And then suddenly we broke out on the other side and I'm telling you, the sun was shining on the other side of those clouds. 
It was the most beautiful, gorgeous day on the other side of those clouds. And I looked back down and saw the sun shining on all those clouds. And I thought, this is daybreak. This, this is what the Scripture's talking about. You, you, these clouds are not here to stay forever. And with the help and the strength of God, we can actually press our way through these clouds. We, we, don't, we don't have to sit down and say, well, I guess, I guess this is the end of life for me. I guess this is the way it's always going to be. I don't guess it's ever going to be any better. I guess this is my lot in life. I guess I get tears and tears and more tears. No, 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 no. You can press through the cloud. And when you do, the sun is shining on the other side. Amen. One of these days, your daybreak's going to come and it will never be cloudy again. When John looked at the book of Revelations and told us about the place that we're going to live with Jesus, it says the glory of Jesus is brighter than the sun and there will be no more night. Glory to God. One of these mornings, we're going to break through to a never ending day. All the joy of the Lord is yours if you'll press into it. Praise the Lord. Second little key I want to give you is that joy is in direct proportion to your devotional life. Don't miss this. Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16 says, And your word was to me the joy of and rejoicing in my heart. Your word. Your word. Longest chapter in the Bible. Psalms 119. Better than 150 verses in it. It's a long, long, long chapter. But there are many, many verses in that chapter that talk about the word of God. And what the word of God does. And here's one of the things that the word of God does. The word of God will bring you into a place of joy if you'll stay in it long enough. I think I've told this story before, but let, let me repeat it to make this point. <laughs> Years ago, my, my mother worked second shift at uh, Western Electric there in Winston-Salem. My dad um, would come in from his work. He was a heating and air conditioning contractor, and, and mom would always leave his, his dinner ready for him when he got in that particular evening <clears throat> dad had gotten his his dinner and warmed it up and put it on the table and then he'd gotten his dessert out of the refrigerator mom had made him a great big strawberry fresh strawberry shortcake with ice cream all of don't leave please uh, but anyway dad was sitting there eating and a storm came up i mean a storm it was raining and hard and thunder clapping and lightning flashing and, and the old fuse box. Anybody, anybody remember when we had fuse boxes instead of breaker boxes? The old fuse box was right there in the kitchen. And a clap of thunder hit and lightning flashed and a ball of fire, literally a big ball of fire came out of our fuse box right down the wall and across the kitchen floor almost hit my dad where he was sitting eating his dinner. And I, it, it amuses me even today to think about it, what my dad did. Dad didn't get excited, didn't do anything. He just, he pushed his plate back 
And he pulled his strawberry shortcake over <laughs> and started eating. <laughs> and I said, I said what, are you, what are you doing? You hadn't finished your meal. He said, well, if it gets me, I'm going to get my dessert before I go. <laughs> Listen, I found out a long time ago when I'm in the middle of a storm and, and, and the storm is raging to the point that I can't see my hand in front of my face and it feels like the whole world's on my shoulder and I don't know where to go or what to do. I have discovered that I can just push back all the stuff that's going on in this world and just get a hold of my dessert and just start eating. The psalmist said, oh, taste, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> Amen. I, I can start. And before long, when I get to feasting on this right here, it's not long until there is a joy that's unspeakable and it's full of glory. There's a peace that passes understanding. It's not because of my circumstances. It's because of the foundation that we have in Jesus Christ and the promises that we have in this word. My good, get your dessert, folks. The word of God is full of hope. The word of God's full of promises. The word of God's got a promise for every situation that you've got. God's word's got a promise for every problem that you're going through. God's got a, his word has a promise for every problem that you're dealing with, with every circumstance or situation, no matter what it is or where it is, there's a promise in this word that declares you're going to make it to the other side with victory in Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. One last one and I'll close. Joy also comes, I believe, in direct proportion to your sacrificial service Psalms 126 and 5 said, those who sow in tears are going to reap in joy. Those who sow in tears are going to reap in joy. I don't know what you've been crying over, but I go back to the way God made us. I, I, just, I just have to believe from what I see in the Word that that God is such a perfect record keeper. You know, Jesus said you can't even give a cup of cold water in his name and lose your reward. He sees that everything's rewarded. He bottles up your tears. Why? There, there, must, there must be a purpose for that. God's got a good record system. And I believe that God has an abounding joy that's going to not, not only compensate for, but is going to equate and surpass the tears that you shed in this life. Amen? God's going to make sure that there's a special joy in His presence for you for every, every sacrifice you've made, every sleepless night, every tear that has fallen from your cheeks, the joy of the Lord is there. The king of Israel, David, was sitting with a son who was terribly sick. And he was so concerned about his son, he was praying and he was actually fasting and praying for the healing of his son. But one day, during that long fast, that son died. 
The servants of David were afraid to tell him. Remember, a king in those days had absolute authority. They were afraid of what he might say or what he might do. And they were afraid of the, of the response that he might make. So they were afraid to tell him. But David picked up on the fact that something was wrong. And finally, he asked his servants, said, what's wrong? Is the child still alive? And they said, no, David. The child has passed. David shocked them. They expected him to be upset. They expected him to be so overcome with grief that he couldn't go forward in life. But David got up from where he had been praying. David went over and washed his face. David went home and changed his clothes. David went to the house of God. David lifted his hands to the Lord. They couldn't understand it. And when they questioned him about it, he said, here's why I did what I did. I can't bring him back to me, but I can go to where he is. I look around this room today and we felt the heartache with some of you that have lost children. I think that has to be the most difficult loss that there is in life. Generally speaking, parents are supposed to outlive their kids. But we've had several people in our congregation that have lost children. That has to be a, an unbearable heartache. That has to be a pain the depth of which is indescribable. And yet I have seen our people come to the house of God, lift their hands to the Lord, knowing that weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. There's going to be a reunion, and it's not very far away. There's going to be a time, listen, parents, those of you who've lost children, there's coming a day, and it's not very far away, when you're going to see them again. Amen? And when we see them again, there will be no separation again. All of those things are over with. That's in that great list of no mores that's in Revelation chapter 21. Uh, I, I shared yesterday at a funeral, I like to talk about the good things of heaven. I like to talk about the streets of gold, the gates of pearl, and, the, and all of those things. But I also like to talk about what's not there. There will be no more death. There will be no more crying. God himself shall wipe away all tears from our eyes. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more pain. Amen. Joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming in the morning. Hallelujah. Will you stand with me, please? I have one more scripture that I want to share with you, and then we'll pray. Jesus quoted from the 61st chapter of Isaiah when he stood to read in the synagogue in Nazareth. And um, Brother Tommy Tenney preached on this last uh, Sunday, Sunday uh, that he was here. He said in Isaiah 61, 1 to 3, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. 
He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and opening of the prisons to those that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of the vengeance of God and the comfort of all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Here's, what, here's how I'd like to end this service today. I'd like to ask every lady, doesn't matter your age, I'd like to ask every lady in this house to just come and stand as close to this altar as you can get. And I'd like for us, all the men in the house, to join me in a prayer of blessing over you today. And we're going to pray that you come into that place of joy that God has for you. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming in the morning. Amen. Wow, look at this. Isn't, isn't this a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful display of God's grace among us? God's gift to all of us. What a blessing. Man, let's give all these ladies a hand. Praise God. Amen. 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 Now, ladies, I said a while ago, it, it very well could be that God brought you here today so that you could deal with that, whatever it is, that you've never taken to the cross. So if you need to ask God for forgiveness or something, this would be a good time to do it. Just say, God, Forgive me for every sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. And I, I'm going to release it to you. I'm going to turn it loose. I'm not going to keep walking in the regrets of my mistakes and my failures in the past. So some of you today need to release grief. Some of you need to release those feelings of despair. Some of you need to release, you, you need to turn loose of those lies that the devil's been telling you. You've been internalizing it and listening to it and let it play like a tape over and over in your mind. And the devil's told you it's never going to get better. This is your station of life. This is the way it's going to be. That's a lie of the devil. That's a lie of the devil. It's not always going to be that way. Joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming in the morning. Amen. In fact, there's a scripture it's in Romans chapter 8 that says that when we get there, that the stuff that we've gone through in this life won't even be worthy to be mentioned with the glory that's going to be seen in us. What God is going to do in us, his glory, will be so far past everything that we've suffered in this life. I'm not trying to minimize what you're going through. I know some of you are going through some tough stuff right now. But can I challenge you to do something today? If you're comfortable, do it. Don't do it if you feel uncomfortable. But you, you, ever, watch, you ever watch parents or siblings when they're dressing little kids? Especially if they've got those pullover shirts or something. Little kid, first thing, they've got to raise their hands, you know. And they'll pull that shirt off, that old dirty shirt that, you know. And after they get washed and all cleaned up, they'll put their hands up again and they'll put on that fresh laundried garment. 
That's what your heavenly Father would like to do to you this morning. He'd like for you to lift your hands and just let him peel off those old garments, that old heavy spirit that you've been walking in. And then he'd like for you to just hold your hands up long enough for him to to just clothe you with that garment of praise. Just just bring that down on you. If you're comfortable, lift your hands. Just do that. Men, point your hands this way and pray. Let's pray for every lady here. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning. What a what a beautiful display standing at this altar of your love and your grace and your gifting to us. Lord, we thank you for every lady here. And Lord, it, it, standing here are all different ages and different backgrounds and even different ethnicities and, and cultural backgrounds, all sorts of, but it's the beauty of your, of your gift to this earth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for every person here. And I just ask you now, Lord, to do what only you can do. Would, would you help them now as they, they've lifted their hands to just release that grief and release that sorrow and release those regrets and release that fear and release those troubles and release those cares and release that spirit of despair this morning. And Lord, as they release it, I pray that you'll just let the garment of your praise and the garment of your presence and the garment of your joy fall down on them today. Let the joy of the Lord fill this house this morning. Let the joy of the Lord be theirs today. Joy, let it come now and touch every lady here for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, give him praise, church. Give him praise. Praise the Lord. 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 And now would you just encourage each other in the Lord? Would you just find somebody and just tell them joy is coming your way? Joy is coming your way. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming your way. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Yes.